we thought we would discuss the very well-known and repeated phrase of no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Like, at a face value, it is just funny because it's true. The fan base have been divided in Star Wars ever since Star Wars existed. You don't have a kid sitting there going like, oh, raise a Mary Sue. He's 70. He's 70. He's 70. Can you believe that? Jesus, what? Welcome to episode 34 of Live from Vader's Castle. As always, you're joined by your two hosts, myself, John Lee, and my co-host, Dan McCrory. How are you, Dan? Hello there. I'm good. How are you, John? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, as I say, what, this week has absolutely flown by. What, what a blessing. We're back on the weekend. Uh, yeah, it's actually been quite a quick week. Um, we have a bit of a busy week. Not as busy as last week, but a bit of a busy week for me, so... Um, and then a busy weekend ahead. So we're just getting this recording in on a Saturday afternoon before the, the two of us go off and do whatever adventures this weekend may hold. Yeah, I think by adventures, Dan means we're both just going to go and get very drunk. Uh, so probably yeah, best to record this now before, yeah. uh, before tomorrow's hangover. Potentially. I'll be editing it tomorrow morning with a mild hangover. Uh, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's tradition, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, I think, the two of us are out tonight. Not in the same place, obviously. Long-time listeners of the show know that me and John don't live in the same area. Uh, but we'll both be out having some fun, trying to uh, tell people about Star Wars after having a few pints, which is usually what happens to me. <laughs> aggressively trying to force Star Wars after a couple of pints. Just really aggressively trying to explain why Last Jedi is a misunderstood film to like yeah. some 40-year-old woman at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure when she goes home at night, she'll be like, "You know what? I'm watching this film." So yeah, uh, how's uh, how's your day been, John? Uh, yeah, it was alright. I've, I've literally just mentioning to you that I got hurled some abuse at in the middle of Maystone Town Centre, which, uh, if you're not from around here, you can probably gather is like it's a classy place. Uh, yeah, some guys just started shouting abuse at me in the middle of town. I had my earphones in, so I've no idea what he, sh- he was saying, but I don't, I don't think it was pleasant. Yeah, as, some, as someone who used to live, oh, I didn't live in Maidstone, but I used to frequent Maidstone for school. I definitely had abuse held at me and physical objects held at me a lot when I when I was around there. So I, I can vouch for John. That's probably a regular occurrence. Yeah, he's clearly been uh, listening to the podcast, just disagrees <laughs> with, our, with our statements on Star Wars. Like, he's like, you spotted me in the street and he was like, now's my chance. So like, what I really think. It was like, the Bad Batch is shit. It was just like, you guys liked it. <laughs> like sticking his middle finger up at you. <laughs> yeah, a passionate, passionate Star Wars fan. Um, so yeah, as, as I'm trying to, I'm trying to think if there's anything exciting happened this week in the world of Star Wars. I don't think anything has happened really. Um, no, I don't think so. Um, there's the, the sort of slightly firmer than a rumor, but not yet official confirmation of who Sabine's going to be played by in the Ahsoka series. But I think that might have been last week and I think we might have just forgot to talk about it. Yeah, I think that was last week actually. It seems like quite a while ago. Either that yeah. or my my week's gone that quickly, I just can't remember. Um but I mean I don't know the actress, but she certainly looks like I'd picture Sabine. So I'm just excited. I mean um the broken record at this point. I'm just excited to see more Rebels characters back again. So uh that news it's definitely greeted with a big smile on my face. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> be nice to see 
just to see how the how they interpret it in live action. I, mean, mm-hmm. I can't imagine the character changing much uh, yeah. across the, the screen, but obviously a soap character change ever so slightly to fit into the practical world is uh, is live action. Um, Whereas Leku were too too short though, John. They were too short. They, they were too short, and obviously she wasn't flipping around and moving like a maniac on the screen because <laughs> um, unfortunately you can't physically do that in the real world. Um, I'm sure, some people can. I mean, maybe I'll give it a go and I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> I think Rosario Dawson's been practicing the last year. When we see her in the show, she's going to be doing flips all over the place. Yeah, she's going to be moving mad. She's ready for it. Um, I think my only comment about Sabine is I would like her to return to her traditional haircut and not the the one that she was rocking right at the end of the finale of Rebels, you know, like the really short buzz cut that she went for. I personally think that the... Um, sort of the short on one side long down the other side was a much better look for Sabine um, so hopefully that's the the cut that they go for yeah true I mean <clears throat> being sure, I'm just always curious when they have like live action like Mandalorians is how they keep their hair in such pristine condition taking their helmet on and off because if I take my hat on and off that's that's my hair ruined for the rest of the well yeah exactly hat hair is such a thing in the real world how is there not helmet hair for the Mandalorians yeah I think the only one when we saw Pedro Pascal like, have it off, I think his hair looked a bit ropey. But um, yeah, but I mean, oh, I don't think he had taken that helmet off in about three weeks. It's probably stinking <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah, oh god, who's the actress that that um, plays by Katan? I've forgotten her name. Yeah, pristine, yeah, pristine yeah, hair. Pristine hair. Taking that helmet off. So I don't know how she manages that. I think that's just Katie Sackhoff. It's just her hair is just invincible. It's just too perfect. <laughs> Lovely girl. Maybe it's part of being a. What's the family name? Crees. That's it. Maybe it's part of being in the Crees clan because Duchess Satine had pretty perfect hair as well. But admittedly, she never wore a helmet. So we didn't see her with helmet hair or lack, lack thereof. Um, but we digress across a longer, strange <laughs> helmet hair path. I mean, uh, I'm sure we could talk about it for hours if we wanted to. <laughs> That'll be a future podcast episode, Helmet Hair and Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to get Dave Filoni on to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we need confirmation from the, the man himself, what is the deal with helmet hair? Um, I can imagine him reading that message and him just being like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> he's a very busy man. <laughs> and then he sees helmet hair and he's like, no chance. Do you think I've got an hour to waste my time when I'm writing 17 different series? Who do you think I am? I mean, so I'll go one or two ways. I'll be like, no, this is I sort of complete waste of my time. All the concept will be so rogue and out there that it's like, actually... This could be quite an interesting conversation. I'll get my assistant to come and do the conversation on my behalf. Yeah, I have a funny feeling. I know which way it's going to go, but you never know. They'll put my cowboy hat on and pretend to be me for the for the interview. <laughs> right, you know, so should, should we I'm get into our um, our actual topic of discussion for today? Yeah, we might as well. So we thought we'd... Uh, we'd mix things up again i mean i think that the past sort of couple of months we've just been continuing to mix things up from week to week because you know we're sort of waiting for book of boba fett to come out so we've just been thinking what different stuff could we be doing so we've done some comic book stuff we've obviously been doing our mandalorian rewatch we've promise we have a book club coming soon <laughs> thrawn is a much thicker book than i remember it the first time i read it <laughs> it's taken both of us a bit of time to get through but we will be there so we do have that coming up soon. Um, we thought today we'd have a, a broad Star Wars universe-wide 
discussion um, sort of about the state of the fandom, the history of the fandom, Star Wars in general. And we thought we would discuss the very well-known and repeated phrase of no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. So we thought we'd dive in. Is this is this a correct, you know, is it is it correct? Is it true that no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans? Is it wrong? Is it partially wrong or partially right? What's our opinions on it? Um, you know, what's what areas of the fandom may prove that point correct and what areas might prove it incorrect? We'll dive into all of that today. And we we don't really have a plan for this. We're just gonna get chatting and see where the discussion takes us. So um strap yourselves in, it's gonna probably be quite a weird one. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's just a funny statement, to be honest. <clears throat> like, no one has Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. I think it's just, like, at a face value, it is just funny because it's true. Like, anyone that ever spends any time online within the last, like, oh, when did Force Awakens come out? So, well, I say that's when did Force Awakens come out. And I say, when did the prequels come out? That, I don't know if that was exactly. <laughs> heavily online, but it's, like, if you spend any time, I suppose, on like MySpace or Reddit about that, and then uh, Twitter nowadays, like, you'd know that statement is just full on true. Basically, the last 22 years has proved it, basically. <laughs> Well, apparently yeah. it's been there's been discourse about Star Wars even from Return of the Jedi apparently people kicked off about the Ewoks and said it was too childish and all that. so you know for the history of Star Wars there's always been people there to moan about it yeah true this is one of those things it's like the only people I suppose because hate is such a strong word you know um, or like people that don't like it have to be the people that are invested in it in the first place so to like hate Star Wars you have to kind of be a Star Wars fan to like feel strongly enough about it in the first place and have stuff you love to have stuff you hate. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. So it goes hand in hand, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm only, I'm only 23. So I, I don't really remember much of the, the uh, prequel bash, prequel bashing, I suppose I'm going to call it um, back. And then I think if I did see any of it, it just went straight over my head mm. at the time. Um, it's only more in recent years that spending time on like Twitter and stuff. Uh, you, you get to see the, uh, the phase two of uh, Star Wars bashing. Yeah. It's yeah, it's definitely an interesting one because I do think Star Wars fans in general are I will I will say this with absolute you know confidence, the most passionate fan base in the entire world. Like in terms of pop culture fandoms, obviously I know sport fandoms take on a whole different, you know, sport fans take on a, a different level. You know, they're a different breed. They get on, you know, fist fights on the streets over their team. But in, in terms of pop culture fandoms, Star Wars fans are like the most passionate, but I think the passionateness, even if that's a word, sort of goes two ways in the sense of if they love something, they will make it known that they love it and they will make a lot of noise about it. And if they dislike something, they will make even more noise <laughs> about it um, and send the occasional death threat and, you know, call everyone who disagrees with them stupid. So I think we as Star Wars fans are well known for our, for how passionate we are about Star Wars. But I think occasionally that um, passion can sort of be misconstrued when other people see it as just... Um, hate and toxicity and that sort of thing yeah i mean just thinking of like passion like passionate star wars fans and just off top like when you said that the first thing that came to my mind there was i can't remember what trailer it was for 
It might have been The Rise of Skywalker. Well, you remember that YouTube video, that guy like reacting to the trailer and he's like cried. I'm sure it's The Rise of Skywalker. And like <clears throat> you had like half the internet that was like, like this is so nice. Like it's glad that people were enjoying it this much. And then you had the other half that was just like, what an absolute idiot. Why is he getting so emotional over um over this shit? Like <laughs> and it's just it's you're always gonna get like the loudest camps are always the ones that are like the most controversial, I suppose. So you obviously get the people that love it and just like have to tell you about it and have to like shove it down your throat that you love it. And then the ones that hate it, you know, obviously just as loud. So it's yeah. it's one of those things where like the 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 ones that are the most uh, annoying with it or controversial with it and stuff are always going to be the loudest. And us like normal fans that don't want to send death threats to people over a you know a two hour film or like a choice of dialogue and in, in, within a TV show or something um, are always going to be the ones that fly under the radar. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like the majority of people in the world just like Star Wars, and the the minority are either the people who hate it with a passion or love it with a passion but they're the loudest ones because they i guess there's also within that majority category of people just they've never seen it or don't care but like the majority of people you speak to they're like yeah i like star wars it's the it's the silly space movie with the wizards and the lightsabers um and you know they'll see a couple of them at the cinema and they won't really care that much and then there's people like us who have podcasts who are like extra, you know, extremely passionate about it. Me and you tend to stay on the side of being quite positive about sort of Star Wars and where we talk about it. Me, I there's very little in Star Wars I actually really dislike, just because I just kind of get lost in the whole world of it. And you know, the problems that I have with films normally become minuscule when it I just sit down and experience Star Wars and just get swept up in it. But I, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't find much joy in like shouting and saying how much I dislike something. I definitely used to when I was a bit younger, but I don't really feel that like enjoyment anymore of just saying, oh, this is really bad. Apart from if I'm talking about Interstellar, in which case I love talking about how much I hate that film. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, but then I, I think there are people out there who get a lot of enjoyment out of bashing things. Um, and that certainly existed in the prequel era. And um, with people who just got a lot of joy out of hating the prequels and telling people who liked the prequels that they were wrong. And then it definitely is happening now in the sequels with like, you know, the people who, you know, hate the sequels and then everyone who likes the sequels are idiots or everyone who like not even likes the sequels, but just accepts the sequels and sort of enjoys them for what they are. They're idiots as well. So um, it's a very, it's, it's kind of just what Star Wars has always been. And I think, I see a lot of people online saying like, oh, you can tell that Disney have messed up Star Wars because of how like divided the fan base is. It's like, buddy, the fan base have been divided in Star Wars ever since Star Wars existed. Like George Lucas used to go on about how people panned R2 and 3PO in the original Star Wars film because they were too childish when like, that's the exact reason he wrote those characters was for like comic relief for like children. And like, he took that about the 1977 Star Wars film. So literally for the whole time that Star Wars existed, there's always been like a divide of like love and hate. Um, so I think to say that it's new is incorrect. Um, but whether <laughs> no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans is completely true. Um, I guess there's there's many more points to discuss when it comes to that. Yeah, I think I think you're right um, about about people just like love 
love to bash things. It's almost to decipher a superiority com- superiority complex, I suppose. And just be like, I'm right, you're wrong. Um, and like just refuse to just acknowledge someone else's like point of view. <clears throat> I mean, I remember like, oh God, when that, The Last Jedi came out, I, I bloody hated that film. So much, and like anyone that said they enjoyed it, I was like, "What? Like, how on earth did you enjoy that?" And then, as I've kind of just like gone with it, you know, you kind of just you appreciate the film for like what it is, and like even though there's parts of it that I don't necessarily like love, and I, there's stuff in it that I would change personally. Like I've fully come to the realization that it's a personal preference, and like I don't agree with certain things in it because that's just my point of view, and like it's just one of those things. Like as as you know, as you said, you kind of have stuff to grow up and just realize that it's not like life and death if someone disagrees with you about like <laughs> a film um you know like no matter how bad a film is there's always going to be not just star wars but like any film no matter how bad a film is there's always going to be like parts of it you enjoy and you know people have put a lot of hard work into making it so like you sit on twitter and like bash like i'll tell you like the last Jedi, for example because that was one that got a lot of stick recently you sit there and bash the last shadow on twitter for like months on end like you might not like let's say like how they wrote like luke's character which is one of like the biggest complaints it's like well there's still a lot of people that went into like making that film work you know you've still got like beautiful cinematography like fantastic like camera work and stuff that's in these films that you're just like completely ignoring just because you're pissed off about one particular aspect of it so i think even if you you know as a fan of anything but especially for star wars like there's so many excellent things that you can take away from a film even if you didn't necessarily enjoy like each story beat of that film you know you're missing out you're kind of robbing yourself of stuff if you just go in with like a negative attitude uh so i think it's just one of those things you have to just take with it take the bits you enjoy and then the bits you didn't enjoy just have to be like oh, okay like yeah. you know i didn't enjoy that but it's not the end of the world yeah i, I think i sort of my similar thing was with uh, with um Rise of Skywalker. I sort of I loved the Last Jedi the night I saw it, and then watched it a few more times, liked it a little less, and then I've come back around, and now I just love the film again. It's in my top five. People know it. People criticise me for it. Don't care. I like the Last Jedi, but Rise of Skywalker was one that I walked out the cinema, and I was just angry. I was like, I hate that film. It's trash. It's lazy. It's rubbish. I'm angry. I'm angry. And then like, over time, and like I think this is something that happens as well within the fandom, is you decide you don't like it after watching it once. You refuse to ever watch it again. But by never watching it again, you never give yourself the chance to like take a step back and be like, well, what is there in this film that I enjoy? Like, what is this film trying to say? Like, what are the what are the themes? What are the what's the look? What's the feel? What's the music? What's everything doing? And like eventually you might come to a different conclusion. And I have come to that different conclusion with Rise of Skywalker. Like, as I said, I hated it when it came out and I've probably watched it maybe five or six times now in total. And I just enjoy the film now. It's definitely my, well, it's probably tied around with Phantom Menace for like my least favorite Star Wars film. Um, I've got a lot of criticisms of it, both from a story point of view and from like a practical filmmaking point of view, but I still find myself enjoying the film I've come to terms with everything that it does like canonically and like accepted where it fits within the Star Wars canon. I can just sort of switch my brain off and find a lot of enjoyment out of it. Like even though it's one of my lowest films, it still has some of my favorite moments in the franchise in it. Um, So I think, I think a lot of people in the fandom often do that, do Star Wars a disservice by like 
deciding they hate something when they watch it the first time, which people with the prequels were particularly guilty of, me being one of them. Um, and then over time, the more they watch something and the more they come to terms of like what the film was actually trying to say, what the film was actually trying to do, as you really well pointed out, like the amount of like love and effort and craft that went into making the film and just an acceptance of like, this is the film we have, not instead of like, this is the film we could have had. Like when you just accept the film that you have on the page and you think, right, this is still Star Wars. It's still got all the core messages and themes of a Star Wars film, even though it might be presented slightly differently. You you might never come around and love the film like you love, you know, whatever your favourite one is, but you can still, I find personally, find a way to come to terms and just enjoy it for what it is, if that makes sense. I don't know if if you agree with me on that one, but that's sort of where I'm at. Oh, yeah, I do agree. I think the problem is with um, Star Wars is like, obviously you had the original trilogy that came out and then people were left to fill in that their own gaps for like what happened like previously because obviously uh, the original trilogy is set <clears throat> like halfway through the story, if you will, um, as we now have the complete story. The original trilogy is set like halfway through the story. Um, there's so much stuff that's happened beforehand that people obviously, whenever it originally came out in cinema, sat there and were like trying to figure out on their own um, and fill in the blanks for themselves. And the prequels came out and those blanks were filled in for them and they might not necessarily have lined up with what they had in mind, um, which is where I'm sure a lot of people then got on their high horse about it and was like, oh, this is crap, this is not what I wanted, et cetera, et cetera. And then the same thing for the prequels. Obviously, you have um, that continues on from the original trilogy. And you know, at the end of the original trilogy, you have this big hero, Luke, who um, for a lot of people is like they've grown up um, with him as like an idol and at the end of the film he's like the big hero and that's kind of it for what you got from him like you didn't really see much else from Luke unless you then went and read like the Legends um, stories like the expanded universe so and then cut to the sequel trilogy again like another 20 years has gone past since the prequels and I don't know like 40, 50 almost um, from the original trilogy and then you come and see Luke in that and obviously people wanted the next story for Luke to be like some big grandiose story of him like dominating and showing how badass he is and being like the hero that everyone had in their heads uh, and obviously that's not how it turned out in the films and I um, can imagine that's probably again where a lot of people had their discrepancies and um, had their disagreements and, and stuff for the films but because you, you go in with expectations and when those expectations aren't met that's when people get annoyed, I think. And that's when people get, you know, they refuse to accept what they've seen in front of them. So like when I first saw The Last Jedi, I was really pissed off. Well, not pissed off, but just like disappointed about like Luke's story and like what they did with him. And it wasn't until like, you you know, after a few months, you kind of sit back and you think about it and you're like, well, on its own or like in this set of films, this is actually a really interesting story about like a hero fall from grace and how they like redeem themselves. Like if you put that anywhere else, you know, like a Marvel film, like whatever. It's actually a really interesting story. So it's, it's sometimes you just need to put aside your own like personal preferences and like what you want in the film expecting and just actually sit there and watch what someone else is like or watch what someone has made for you and like the craft and art that's gone into it and the stories that's gone into it. Like no one writing a Star Wars film, like J.J. Abrams, um, I can't remember the other guy's name. Whoever, like, no one goes in and writes the scripts and like to be shit. Like, let's be honest. Like, no one's 
no one's sitting there thinking like, oh, ha ha, imagine how funny this would be if I sat and ruined Star Wars for billions of people. Like they go in and they try their hardest to create an instant story. And you might not agree with it and you might not enjoy it, but that's fine. Like you don't have to enjoy it. But then to then go on and um, as we've seen in recent years, to go on and just like absolutely just try and shit on everyone else who did actually enjoy it. I think that's when you're that's when you're being a bit of a muppet and you are robbing yourself, as you said. Um so that's that's my two pence. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I do think that, you know, this is something that the Star Wars fandom has become notorious for. Um, and I think the prequel era was sort of the era where it started massively because um, I mean, you can watch a lot of interviews with George. Um, and you can clearly see how disappointed he was in like the response to the prequels. And I think a lot of people nowadays who love the prequels don't quite understand how bad the prequel hate was because they were like me and you, they were, they were, we were children when the prequels came out. I was one of these weird children where I was a child when the prequels came out, but the originals were still my films. Like I, I think I, I watched the originals before I saw the first prequel I saw in the cinema, which was Attack of the Clones. So, and like I collected the prequel Lego, but like the <laughs> like the originals were my film still, and then I didn't really like Revenge of the Sith. And you know my opinions have changed over twenty years, but that's where I was as a fan. So, but I wasn't you know I wasn't really tapped in of like how the critics were reacting to the film, how the fan base in America was reacting to the film. I was just a kid enjoying Star Wars, and I think a lot of prequel fans nowadays are the same, and I don't think they quite understand how bad the prequel hate actually was um and i mean george lucas was very open about it in a lot of interviews and saying that like you know he had this vision for the prequels which was not he was not writing the story for the original trilogy fans because they're adults he was writing the story for the next generation of children so more children could grow up loving star wars the way that the original trilogy generation of children grew up loving star wars so that's why he included a character like jar jar binks and i thoroughly dislike jar jar binks it's one of the few things in star wars i've never fully come to terms with i just personally think it was a bad decision in terms of comedy i just don't think he's a funny character that's my opinion but i know that there's a lot of like kids who have grown up nowadays like they found jar jar hilarious they love jar jar and you know for him for them he was great comic relief but you can see how badly that affected George by the way that George just cut him out of the rest of the story. You can see how badly it affected Ahmed best. I mean, I think he nearly took his life over the hatred from the fandom. Um, there were like fans out trying to like sue George Lucas for like ruining Star Wars. There was so many campaigns where like people were trying to remake the prequels in their own sort of way. There was, the, oh, I can't remember what the name of it was. Do you remember there was a cut of the prequels which was made where they basically deleted most of Phantom Menace, most of Attack of the Clones, and then kept quite a bit of Revenge of the Sith. And it was basically like one three-hour film for the prequels. I can't remember what it was called. Um, was it the Phantom Edit or something like that? Um, awesome, it? Yeah. yeah, where it basically just started off with all of the fates <laughs> and then Classic. had the, the cool bits of Attack of the Clones and then the cool bits of Revenge of the Sith and like got rid of like the politics and stuff, which a lot of people like me and you would argue is a central point to the prequel trilogy films. Um, but I think when you are, I think as you were saying to do with expectation, I think when you take a step back and realize people who watched the original trilogy would have gone into the prequels with a certain expectation of what they would be. And because the prequels and the original trilogies are very different films. So the original trilogy is like, 
an adventure, a fantastical adventure with like minimal politics. <laughs> sort of um what what how do, how would I describe it? Like in terms of, you know, the the action and the the fighting and everything, it's very um it's not that over the top. They're you relied on practical effects, huge amount of things different. And then see the prequels come along and tell a very different story in a very different style with very different characters. And you can understand why people might dislike it because it's not the same as they've had. And then that knock on effect has obviously ha- happened with the, the sequels as well, in the sense that Disney made the sequel trilogy for today's children in the same way that George has always said Star Wars should be for children to you know for children to grow up loving star wars they made star wars for this generation of children and they love it i mean if you speak to any child um teenager i mean i i I work with young people so i can vouch they love the sequels because it's their star wars and that's what they've grown up on and i think it is such a generational thing that you know when you when you think about this idea that like star wars fans just hate star wars i think it's because Star Wars fans love the Star Wars that they grew up in. And when something else comes along, which isn't the Star Wars that they grew up with, their immediate reaction is often to dislike it. And I do think that times are starting to change. And I do think over time, people are going to sort of accept that things come and go and things change and that's okay. But I think we're very much still in that sort of generational loop that we get stuck on of like, you love your trilogy that you grow up with and then you hate the next one because it happened with the originals. It happened with the prequels, sequels, and I'm sure, I'm sure it will continue to happen, but there's a bit of me which hopes it doesn't. And that people kind of just accept that Star Wars is Star Wars and it's not, it's a, it's a massive buffet and you can only like one thing on the buffet and you're still a Star Wars fan. Or you can be like me where you love everything on the buffet and you're still a Star Wars fan. And just loving Star Wars is what makes you a Star Wars fan. Um, that was a bit of a ramble. I don't know if I actually made any good points in that ramble. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did somewhere. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I feel like people, I, I completely agree. I think people just don't like change and they like the way that their stuff is saying, like obviously big, many big Star Wars fans, like we also then dabble in like other <clears throat> pop culture, like nerdy stuff, so like comics and things. Like it's very similar in the world of comic books that uh, you have fans that just like um like a big one is like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films that like people absolutely adore them and then you know Andrew Garfield and um Tom Holland people just like hate for what seems to be literally no reason than like, other the fact that it's just not the same as like, when they were younger um so I think it's, it's definitely true that obviously uh George Lucas and Disney are, are trying to aim the new sequels to be for whatever generation that that's coming out in, which is obviously what, you know, you, you'd want to do to try and in, encourage as many new Star Wars fans as possible. Like, and you're completely right. Like any child I've ever spoken to as well. Um, not that I speak to many, um, but you know, they, um, they, they like Star Wars. They, they like Ray, they like <laughs> Finn. They, you know, you know, there's nothing, they don't, you don't sit there having a kid, you don't have a kid sitting there going like, Oh, raise a Mary Sue. Do you? Like, <laughs> They just they they just see some cool lightsaber action on screen. You know, you know they see Ray doing flips and force tricks, and they're like, "Wow, this is cool." Yeah, um, yeah, no, I agree. Like and it, I think a lot of people forget that the reason that George Lucas actually sold Star Wars, I think this is such a point and gets so lost, is he didn't want to make any more films, shows, or anything. He was done. 
that he didn't want Star Wars to be something that just gathered dust. He wanted there to be more Star Wars so future generations could grow up and enjoy and love it. So the reason he sold it was so someone else would continue Star Wars's you know important legacy, which is you know bringing up children on these films about hope and love and good versus evil and family and all that sort of stuff. So I think you know a lot of people vilify Disney for taking. Star Wars off of George. George sold Star Wars to Disney so that Disney could do exactly what they've done, which is reintroduce Star Wars for new generations. And I remember at work speaking to a young uh, a young person who I uh, were talking about Star Wars, and they said that their favorite film was Rise of Skywalker. And it was sort of I don't know a couple of months after Rise of Skywalker came out when I was still salty and bitter and not that happy with the film. And I remember just like thinking to myself, oh kids nowadays they don't know anything but then looking back on it i'm like yeah but that's that's their favorite star wars film like that's that's what they love like that's what they're watching at cinema you know they've gone with their parents to see that's what they really enjoy and like that's the beauty of star wars and like you know i got lost in star wars when i was a kid because of like the original trilogy like particularly return of the jedi like the ewoks and everything on endor is just the thing that's like in jabba's palace the barge at the beginning like it's what sticks in my mind of like my earliest star wars memories and because of that like that sort of informed my love of star wars for years and years and years and why i didn't really like the prequels at the time because it didn't feel like the adventures of luke skywalker and han solo it felt like something completely different and it's not till i've become you know a a mature adult podcaster that I finally sort of t- can take a look at everything in Star Wars and see the good in all of it, just like Luke Skywalker did when he saw the good in Darth Vader. See, it all comes full circle. George was teaching us from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a nice analogy, actually. But I suppose I'm trying to say, like, if, as we've just said, you know, you can find most children that have enjoyed the sequels, you know, I'd I'd put that down as a complete success. You know, that's exactly what George was aiming for, for prequels. You know, me and you, when we were younger, uh, having the prequels. And I, I really enjoyed the prequels as well when I was a kid. Um, like, Revenge of the Sith, like, I loved it. it was my my brother, like, absolutely, like, loved it. He'd just put it on, like, all the time. He was, like, obsessed with that film. Um, you know, like, we then we used to play, like, the Revenge of the Sith, like, video game. We used to just sit there, like, dueling for hours um, on that. And it was just, like... You know, as long as, you know, adults are always going to hate on things. Like, you're never going to find adults who are satisfied with everything in, like, Star Wars or like whatever. But I suppose as long as the kids enjoy it, I'd take that as a as, as a win for Lucas and a, and a win for Disney. Mm-hmm. It's just annoying that the adults have to come along and ruin it. But now you've got, like, the Grogu generation who, like, their Star Wars is the Mandalorian. Like, these are, these are kids who, like, the first Star Wars they've ever watched is the Mandalorian and like Grogu is like the most central important character to their entire fandom. And that's like awesome as well. And then obviously like there was a whole generation of sort of, I don't want to say like kids, but sort of teenagers to young adults who were brought up in that in-between era between like episode six and episode one coming out. And like their Star Wars was just like the expanded universe novels of legends now. So all of that post Return of the Jedi stories that someone like me personally, even though I haven't read a lot of it, I, and I am going to dive into it just because I do want to understand like what it is that people love about legends. But from, you know, reading outlines and knowing that Luke gets married and all this sort of stuff, personally, 
don't sit, doesn't line up with my vision of Star Wars. Um, so I am going to dive into Legends at some time, and I am going to get my opinion on it. But me personally, just from what I know happens in that post-Return of the Jedi universe, that doesn't really line up with my vision of Star Wars. But I know so many people who that is their Star Wars. Like the, the expanded universe novels in the 90s was like Star and the Old Republic in like the early 2000s was like their Star Wars. And the sequel trilogy is, I mean, it's not overwrited. It's, they see it as it's overwritten what their Star Wars was, even though their Star Wars was sort of always canon adjacent, not canon. It wasn't Lucas's canon. And, you know, there's all that discussion that goes on. But you can sort of sympathise with why they might dislike the sequels because they might just think, well, the stories that I read when I was younger about, you know, Luke having loads of clones and falling to the dark side, getting married, then like being this really OP Jedi master who, you know, dominated the entire universe. Like those stories were my Star Wars. And I don't like this sort of more nuanced look at Luke Skywalker, which shows a man in crisis and how people in their midlife don't live up to who they were as a young person. So those are two very different styles of story. So I, I think it's quite easy to understand why that generation of Star Wars fans who who really like, they watched the original trilogy, but it was those books, those like Heir to the Empire, like the... Um, Luke's kids and Han, Han and Leia's kids and all that stuff like that was their Star Wars so you can understand why they might not like the sequels but then that doesn't really excuse toxicity which there is some of within that that fan base as well um, and then I think another interesting thing that we've got at the moment which it's too early to tell how this might reflect further down the line is like High Republic as well because obviously the High Republic is publishing books for books and comics for all ages so you've got like the little picture books, which obviously for like any age. Um, and then you've got like the middle grade books, which are sort of like, yeah, is that like five to 12 or something like that? Is that the sort of age in America? And then you've got like the comic, which is for all ages and, you know, a variety of different things. And then your young adult books and your adult books. So High Republic is trying to hit like a wide range of Star Wars fans of like age of Star Wars fans. So are we going to have Star Wars fans in like 10 years times who their parents got them reading the High Republic as they were kids? And then their idea of the Jedi is very different. And then they sort of watch the prequels and then the Jedi are all very dogmatic and getting involved in all these wars and causing loads of trouble. And they're like, well, this isn't Star Wars. Don't know whether that's going to happen. But I think it's interesting that wherever someone's entry point to Star Wars might be often determines what their idea of star wars ends up being in the future yeah that's a very that's actually a very interesting question i'd love to see if anyone i I reckon i'll give it 10 years and someone for like 15 years maybe i reckon there'll be like people that out there actually like doing studies on that i mean i'm probably you can probably if you google it probably find people that will do studies on it now because people do studies on literally anything so yeah i think you're definitely right like your entry point into star wars really shapes how you view how you view the Star Wars universe, obviously, because, you know, like the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy are set in two different timeframes, um, you know, within the Star Wars universe that, while obviously not that far apart, was about 20 years, there's like a lot of change in the universe and stuff like that. And obviously the sequels is set, I don't know, what, like another 20, 30 years after um, the original trilogy. So not many things have changed, but enough that people, yeah, don't don't necessarily identify straight away with that sort of time period i mean you're completely right as well about like what you said just there about luke 
you know, trying to impose how someone is when they're like 20, which is what Luke is in like the original trilogy, as to like what they'll be as like an older middle-aged man. Like, go ask your parents, people. Like, are they, are they the same people as they were when they were 20? Probably not. You bloody hope not. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think like, just, just to quickly interrupt and I'll let you continue. Like I went into the sequels expecting it because I think Disney marketed it as like, I expected it to be the final story of Han, Luke and Leia and the first story of a new generation of characters. That's, that was my mindset when I went into that trilogy. So I wasn't particularly shocked when Han was older and grumpier and died and Luke was older and grumpier and died and Leia was older and a little bit grumpier, but not that much more grumpier and died. Like I kind of, that didn't surprise me where I think it surprised a lot of people because I think it was supposed to be marketed as like the final story of the original generation of Star Wars characters and the first story of the new generation. So I think you make a really good point of like, they were all 20 year olds and now they're in their fifties and sixties. Of course they're different people. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I think again, it just holds on to the fact that it's just not what people were expecting. You know, like I agree, I agree with you. Like, I was completely expecting them all to die at some point in the in the sequels, you know, because times passed and you know, obviously just from like a marketing point, like Disney want to introduce these new characters because you know, like they know they're not going to get much more out of like Mark Hamill um, and uh, and all that because you know they are aging and obviously, sadly, um, uh, oh my god, Carrie Fisher name. passed away. Carrie yeah. Fisher, yeah, obviously, very sadly, Carrie Carrie. Fisher passed away, which is exactly the reason then, why I think Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford refused to do more than one film as well. So they were kind of put in a corner with him. He was just like, I'll come back if it's only for one. Yeah, Harrison Ford cracks me up, but um, yeah, he's that, a legend. So like, Disney's not going to get um, much more out of them because they are aging. And obviously, Mark Hamill still seems to be young and spry and his uh, personality and charisma and stuff whenever you see him on like TV, you know, sh- talk shows or whatever. But, you know, he's, he's not going to be out fighting like a Jedi and, you know, doing flips and tricks and all this sort of stuff on, on screen when he's like, I don't know how old he is, but he's probably nearly like late 50s, early 60s, surely. I think, I think he's in his late 60s, you know. Oh, man, he looks good for his age, but like, you know, he's not a spring chicken anymore. Um, and I think... You know, we've obviously the actor they had for Star Wars. He's 70. Fuck off, is he 70? He's 70. Can you believe Jesus that? Jesus, webs. Oh. Oh, man. Oh. Crikey. Fair play. Yeah. Um, I'm still convinced he's immortal. I hope that he's yeah. immortal, because I love that man. But yeah, continue. Well, I also feel like he's looked the same since he was about 50 as well. So he's, he's or like at least 45. Like He just hasn't aged since then, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think the story they told with the actor they had for that character... I think, you know, it makes perfect sense. I don't know what, I think they went with an with interesting route for it. They told an interesting story. Um, and I know that you're going to have people always like try and clam onto the facts. You know, I did it as well. But people were like, oh, Mark Hamill didn't even like this character. Like, he didn't think that this was his Luke. But I suppose that just goes back to the point where I was saying is his Luke, like Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker is a 20 year old character. If you then come back 30 years later and try and play the same character as you were when you were 20, that is not going to be the same. Like, even if, you know, just looking at it as a fan and obviously doing it as an actor, 
you know, you, and you, you don't want like Mark Hamill at 70 years old trying to play a 20 year old person because <laughs> it'll just look weird and you'll be like, what is he doing? Like imagine, you know, 60 year old Mark Hamill doing backflips and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to look weird. I'm sorry. It just look weird. Like Yoda can get away with it because he's a little green man. But like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I, and I think at some point in the future in the podcast, I think it would be interesting to have a discussion about like, you know, both the, pre- the prequels and the sequels being the controversial sides of Star Wars and like, you know, what our overall opinions are. But I think for me, the reason that I really like The Last Jedi in particular and the reason I connect with it is that like Luke for me is like the ultimate hero. He's like who I looked up to as a kid. Like I love Luke and everything he stood for, but then to see him make a mistake, to see him fail, to see him fall from grace, to see him like actually properly mess up in life and redeem himself and prove that he is the hero that everyone thought he was. Like, I think for me, that is personally a really powerful story of like, at some point in your life, you're going to mess up. At some point in your life, you're going to do something wrong. You're going to have a big mistake and you're going to regret like trying, you know, you're going to think, oh, I'm not this great person I always thought I would. But, you know, basically what The Last Jedi teaches you is it's all right to make mistakes as long as you try and make up for them in the end. You know, as Yoda says in the film, like failure is the greatest teacher. So for me, that's the reason I love The Last Jedi because it. I think it's an important lesson to all of us that, like even our heroes are flawed. So there's nothing wrong with being flawed as a human being. And I can understand why people don't like that because they look to Luke Skywalker as someone who's beyond flaw. They're just a, the perfect symbol of perfectness. And if that's the character you see, that's absolutely fine. That's completely absolutely fine. And that is your opinion. But I just see something different, which is why I hope people can understand why I like The Last Jedi, if, if you get what I mean. No, I do. I think... I also think, like, personally, those sort of stories are the most interesting. Like, some of my favourite sort of stories in general, like comic book stories, book stories, are the ones when you have your hero that shows just a little bit of vulnerability um, to then redeem himself or to then like, overcome that in the end. Uh, those are some of my most interesting stories. I mean, like, uh, yeah. I think I've just comment ones off the top of my head. You've got, like... Um, so many. Like the, I mean, yeah. like The Dark Knight Returns is one, you know, got an age, Bruce Wayne, um, vulnerable, you know, makes mistakes. Etc. comes back. Um, I'm sure there's a couple of Spider-Man ones. Happens a lot Spider-Man with Captain one. America as well. We see him as a symbol of like perfection, and then he messes up, and it's like, how does Captain America make a mistake and come back from it? And mm. obviously, Iron Man as being someone who constantly fucks up, <laughs> but is still a hero. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons I've connected so well with Elzar Man in The High Republic is because he's a character who's like a very strong hero he's incredibly flawed and incredibly human and like struggles a lot with his own demons and stuff, but still finds the courage and the strength to like be a hero as well. And I think those, those for me are always characters that I, you know, connect with. So I can understand why for some people, Last Jedi is like their favorite Wars film ever. And I'm glad that there's so many people out there that exist. And then I can also understand why it's their least, for some people, it's their least favorite film. I personally disagree, but that's the point of films and TV shows and art is that it is subjective. As long as Star Wars fans, we respect each other's opinions. Yeah, I mean, I guess going full circle back to the original point, it's like the statement of, you know, no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans isn't necessarily like automatically a bad thing. 
you know, like, as I said at the beginning, like, you have to feel passionately about something to hate it, which obviously means that at some point in Star Wars, you're going to have things that you love, whether that be the original trilogy, prequel trilogy, just a TV show, like The Clone Wars or Mandalorian. Like, it's a good thing to feel that passionately about something um, because, you know, there's always going to be two sides of that coin, the stuff you hate, stuff you love. Uh, I think, obviously, the, the, the negative connotation of that statement is that it just so happens to be that <laughs> there's a lot of people... Um, Although obviously the loudest group that you tend to come across for Star Wars fans are the ones that hate things and then are the ones that then moan about it on Twitter as much, you know. Mm-hmm. I have to argue with you about it, send death threats to like actors and like Kathleen Kennedy <laughs> over choices and films and like, know, uh, yeah. like ruin people's lives almost, you know, as you were saying about like, uh, the actor who played Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> um, George Lucas himself, you know, selling one of his like prized creations just he was fed up he was fed up of it and you know like all the stuff like hayden christensen has been like living in the dark for about 25 years yeah like, why do people like, think it's taken this long to get the obi-wan kenobi show it's because yeah. hayden and ewan were just scared to come back <laughs> yeah i mean i haven't seen him in a film i think since the prequel though i think i don't keep much on it but i i think i've seen him in like three films yeah um, you know, like that was his career. He went and lived and on a ranch, basically. <laughs> yeah, and then you had the the kid that played the young Anakin Skywalker. Oh, yeah, like, Lord, I don't think yeah. he. I don't think that was his like only film he was ever in for about thirty years. But I don't he, think he's ever he's acted one... again. I don't think he's ever acted again, as far as I'm yeah. aware. He's um, just miserable. Anytime you like, he gets interviewed, and they he seems like a happy chap, and then they mention Star Wars, and his face just drops, and he's like, "Don't want to talk about it." <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sure kid. if I Googled it, I could find more. But that's just the ones I can list off the top of my head. Yeah. You know, like um, stuff of Ray more recently. Yeah, Daisy um, Ridley doesn't like talking about it that much anymore, which is such a shame. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the girl who played Rose, she like deleted all of her social media because she got absolutely abused because people didn't like Rose in The Last Jedi. And it's like, if you don't like a character, that's fine. But don't go after the actress who is just doing a job. And whether you like the character, the actress has done a good job because she has portrayed the character in the way that the character was written on page. That is their job. If you don't like the character, that's your problem is with the character, not with the actress. Leave them alone. They're human beings who are just getting paid to do a job. How would you like it if someone said, my roof is bad? Actually, no, it's not a good good example because if you've done someone's roof bad, then that's your fault. It's like shouting at the waitress because your food's shit. Yes, yes, that's a perfect example. <laughs> it's like the waitress didn't make that food. <laughs> yeah, the, the chef did, but then don't really blame the chef either because maybe they've just had a bad day. Look, just don't blame anyone. All right, just <laughs> leave them alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I've... can't think of any other franchise that has like they're just like the sheer amount of just like. I don't say like bodies in their wake for like actors and stuff that like their yeah. lives have just like ruined. I think Marvel and DC are the only ones that sort of come close, but even they're not not anywhere near Star Wars. Um no. like Lord yeah. of the Rings managed to get away with it scot free. I don't think anyone ever hates Lord of the Rings. I mean, not a lot of people like The Hobbit, but I think that even with The Hobbit, it just wasn't it wasn't good, but it wasn't so bad that people got enough of anger about it. It was just like, oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. Um but I think that that's the effect that Star Wars has. Like, there's very few times in Star Wars that a fan, that the fandom's reaction in general will be, don't care. Like, ugh, 
is it's meh. It's either this is unbelievable, this is the best thing ever made, or this is trash. Like you, you'd never really hear like a meh, and I guess that's why the original statement that we we're talking about it does apply so well is because the passion that's there from the fandom is like if they if they don't like something, they really don't like it because Star Wars is so precious and important to them that they feel betrayed or they feel this or whatever. But my one counter to that would be I've been on Facebook groups before or like discords or whatever with Star Wars fans. And it genuinely sometimes feels like there's people who call themselves Star Wars fans who they like one single thing and hate everything else. Like I I remember seeing someone on, do you remember that old Just Jedi memes Facebook page? I was just just thinking about that, yeah. Like I remember seeing someone there just like, essentially saying that they hated every Star Wars film apart from Revenge of the Sith. All the shows were like flawed and trash. Like most of the books are boring. Like there was only one good video game. And and I'm like, then why are you here? Like, uh, obviously you're, te- you're technically still a fan because you like one of the films and that's brilliant. But it was just, it was like, sc- it was like they're just screaming at the world of just like everything in this fandom is terrible. And it's like, well, don't be a part of it then. <laughs> And I know that sort of there's a more there's more nuance to it, and you know, like some people can you know have a variety of different opinions on all these things, and that's fine. We should embrace it, but I do think sometimes it can be quite tiring, and can support the no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans point a bit too much when you hear people that like the majority of the things that exist in Star Wars they dislike more than they like. I guess is what I'm trying because for me there's a couple like comic arcs which i really don't like there's like some episodes of like resistance which just like was like why did this exist um you know i've got my issues with the phantom menace attack of the clones rise of skywalker um but in a grand scheme of things i have an overwhelmingly positive viewpoint on star wars i like pretty much everything even stuff i don't like as i've said earlier i could just sort of turn it on and it just makes me smile but then there are some people in the fandom who like, they like three films and then the other six they hate, or they like three films and one show, everything else they hate. They don't like any of the films. All the films are rubbish, but they just like the books from the nineties. And I guess when, when people like that are very loud, you can understand why people from outside of the fandom would think, do they even like Star Wars? <laughs> because all they talk about is how much they hate it. Um, so I do definitely understand like why that phrase exists and why sort of people bring it up so much um, because it's, yeah, it's true in a lot of senses, like both from the position that you were talking about in the sense of hatred comes from having passion for something and, you know, you've got to be passionate about something to hate something. So, you know, if you don't like Star Wars at all, you're probably not going to be passionate enough about it to hate anything. But then I think also it can often be true from the sense of there's just some people in Star Wars who have one single thing that they really, really like about Star Wars and everything that isn't that is trash. Um, I often find that a bit of like a, when you see it on TikTok and stuff and Facebook groups, it often ends up being sort of a bit of like an immature sort of like teenage viewpoint on that sort of thing. But hopefully that sort of evolves and changes as you grow up a bit as a, well, I say grow up, but then some adults are just as grumpy and miserable. So I don't know. I don't really know what I'm saying at this point, apart from the fact that I think when you look at the Star Wars fandom as a whole and not just listening to like the really, really, really loud minority, 
I think you'll find that there's so much more positivity in the fandom and it's just people who love Star Wars for what it is are probably the majority within the fandom. It just so happens that from the outside looking in, you can't blame people for thinking Star Wars fans are all miserable and hate everything because that's quite a loud viewpoint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, it's just, I think, I mean, we've we've talked about it before on the podcast, you know, at the moment we are, very much in a, in a in a time that's very um like star wars rich i mean i know we've had no news in the last like, couple of weeks um really but you know over the last uh when did the browser skull come out i suppose like five years maybe i'd say over the last five six years you know we've had a lot of star wars stuff come out we had three new films tv shows uh video games comics books uh excellent podcasts <laughs> um you know, all sorts of all sorts of stuff come out for Star Wars. Like, it's literally just such a a rich um, bit of pop culture at the moment that you know there's always going to be stuff in it that you like over other things. There's always going to be stuff in it that you you know feel more drawn towards just because of like the breadth of breadth breadth of it. You know what I'm trying to say? The depth of Star Wars that is that is around at the moment. Um, so yeah, I completely agree that there's there. It does. It's very strange when you find someone that only seems to like one thing in Star Wars, or like they're like, you know, like one film, and even that one film they like about the last twenty minutes, or something like that. And then all they seem to do is just yeah, they'll be on like a, a page, like a, fa- a fan page on Facebook, and all they seem to, to, to post is just like negative comments. And it's just like, why are you here? Like, mm-hmm. does this make you happy? Like <laughs> coming in here and making everyone else's life like miserable when we're trying to share some quality memes. <laughs> 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 Uh, it's, it's very strange because you know even if someone so I've I've seen them as well on those pages you know you come and they come in and they're like oh this is all crap and it's like well is it like they can't all be crap like if you throw enough dartboards at a board you're gonna hit a bullseye eventually you know there's got to be a few things that you like it's not just can't just be one thing because there's so much different variety in Star Wars that I think sometimes some people just get enjoyment out of trying to bring others down or like trying to ruin their enjoyment for it just because it makes them feel better and stuff, which is, it's, it's disappointing. And yeah, it's definitely easy to see how from the outside, those who are shouting the loudest tend to be the negative ones. Yeah. When you start down the dark path forever, will it be your fate? <laughs> As Yoda once said, exactly. it's all consuming, but to, to sort of finish off um, this discussion, I do want to shine a big light on like the amount of positivity that there is in Star Wars and like the the counterpoint to that point or phrase that is repeated so much of just like you know, no one loves Star Wars more than Star Wars fans do and I do think that um, that's a very obvious statement because if you're a Star Wars fan you love it, but in the sense of I think it's very easy to get caught up in all the negativity and it's very easy to you know, if you're part of the fandom and you look to the rest of the fandom to think that it's all negative, if you're looking out out with the fandom looking in, you think it's very negative. But I do think that there's, people forget how much love and positivity and just like joy there is within the Star Wars fandom. And I do think it's important to highlight that as well. Like, um, you know, like people like us who, you know, do podcasts that you know we don't earn any money from you know this is not our job we just do this as a hobby because we love star wars and we love talking about it um you know there's people out there who are lucky enough to talk about star wars their entire day as their job and they just love star wars and they want to share that love with the world 
you know, you've got people who queue around the streets to get in to see a Star Wars film at midnight from people who cry their eyes out, you know, when something happens in a film or a TV show and or a book. You've got people who, you know, go to conventions dressed up as Star Wars characters, spend thousands and thousands of pounds on Lego and books and Funkos to cover their room in Star Wars crap. I'm looking at me and John right here. Um, and then, you know, you've got your people who, like, do the opposite of what sort of the, the, the sort of more negative side of the fandom does, which is just sit on social media and talk about how they how much they love Star Wars. Um, I think High, the High Republic in particular, like the, the High Republic fandom on Twitter is like the most positive and like happy place in the world. Like you never see anyone chatting shit when it comes to like the High Republic sort of fandom. It's just people loving those books and those comics and that series. And that's something that I, I really, really love to see. And then, you know, when like when shows come out and they like land and they really, really land with like not just the fandom, but like the wider world like the Mandalorian, for example, just the way that Star Wars has this ability to just take the entire world by storm. Um, you know, when The Force Awakens came out, I mean, that was probably the most exciting time ever to be a Star Wars fan was like the the months leading up to The Force Awakens come out. Like I remember every trailer, every poster, every 30 YouTube videos that I'd watch on like theories and breakdowns and debates about Kylo Ren's lightsaber and all of their stuff before the film even came out and then going to that midnight release with like loads of friends and a packed out cinema like that's the and like it not just being Star Wars fans like you know Force Awakens was a cultural moment where it's like the entire world went that weekend to watch The Force Awakens and I think Star Wars has the power to do stuff like that that very few things in pop culture maybe with the exception of Marvel nowadays actually has the ability to do so i do think that whilst you know the star wars fan fandom does get a a reputation for being quite negative toxic hating i do think it's important to highlight the the beautiful love and positivity of the uh, of the fandom as well because it's, it's it's huge when you when you really take a step back and look at it yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a great point, I think, for us to end on. It's, it's just positivity in Star Wars. Like, it was just, uh, for an example, like, it was great going when we went to Comic-Con and uh, when we were, like, standing outside and, like, the roller cosplay stuff with me and up. It was just, it was so cool just seeing, like, so many people dressed up as, like, Star Wars characters. And, like, obviously you had those who went as, like, your basic Jedi, like, a robe, lightsaber and stuff. You know, they still put effort into their outfits and, sound a tube like that for fucking 40 minutes which is uh, always an accomplishment so that's it was sick for them to do that um but then obviously then you get the others who take it a step further and like wear like big mandarin outfits all day or like have big prosthetics on and stuff and it's it's, it's so nice to see that um people that star wars has that ability to drive people to do that and that's just like one of the things i think is it's so it's such an easily visual visual uh, representation of just like how important and like positive Star Wars can be. It was like that. Those people cosplay and stuff is like a prime example to me. Um, and exactly, yeah, like it was such a cultural moment, like the new Star Wars coming out um, for Force Awakens and, and like the Mandalorian as well, I think was like, again, like such a big cultural thing that like, people that weren't even Star Wars fans like were interested about it or talking about it, you know, like Grogu was such an interesting 
um, an important pop culture icon now. Like I remember watching The Mandalorian with my parents who, I'm a dad like Star Wars, and but my mum, I, I feel like probably like couldn't give two shits if like a new Star Wars film came out. But like she sat and watched Mandalorian, but that's I'm sure like that happened to like loads of households across. Yeah, you know, Baby Yoda took over the world. Like he absolutely yeah. took over the world. It's the the biggest bit of merchandise in the world right now. Did you see the Thanksgiving parade in New York? They, they had a massive Krogu balloon. Did you see? Yeah, I did actually. <laughs> yeah, it's just mad how. Um, how important Star Wars is to people and how much positive is that something that can bring out. So I think, you know, you just have to, there's always going to be negativity about literally anything. Like you can, you can wake up one morning and be like, the sky's blue and people will be negative to you about it or whatever, just try and bring you down. So just have to wade through that and just focus on like the positive stuff and just notice, you know, like just be happy when you see something like wearing like a Star Wars t-shirt and just be like, yo man, cool t-shirt or something like that yeah you know just to bring the positivity out for styles because it is everywhere if you just look for it it can be just so easy just to get washed away and drowned out by negative stuff and i think it just depends on where you choose to spend your time on social media who you choose to follow tiktoks you watch videos you watch all that sort of stuff like i think if you actively search out the positive side of the fandom it exists and it's there and you know i'd i'd you know shout out people like sort of Darth Choco and the four center podcast. There's so many other great people, but those are, you know, people who jump to mind of like, they just Star Wars explained as well. Like they just love Star Wars and they, they don't love everything about Star Wars, but they choose to actively speak about the stuff that it is that they love. And even when they talk about the stuff that they don't like, they try and put a positive spin on it. And I think that that's something that I particularly have tried to change myself into and i think that that's something that me and you succeed quite well in our podcast in doing is that you know there's been there were episodes of bad batch that we didn't particularly like but when we talked about it we still gave you know our honest opinions but then tried to put a positive spin on it and even when it comes to discussing stuff that we don't like i think if you shout and yell about hating something you know you're taking you're trying to rob it's it's it robs the happiness that it might give someone else. So I think that, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a negative opinion. It's just how you express that opinion. And I think is always an important thing to, to, to look at. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Like there's nothing wrong with not liking something. Like don't be stupid. Like you can not like something. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just saying, yeah, how you express it. And then don't just go shouting at people about it or, you know, like hounding actresses and actresses and producers and stuff. And, you know, like you can tweet and be like, um, I didn't like The Last Jedi or something and then you can have like a healthy discussion with someone maybe like on Twitter or like in person about like the things you liked the things you didn't like like why you didn't like the things they liked you know you can have a healthy discussion about things it's just it just comes back to the end of the fact you just can't be like you can't just be a dick about it like just don't shout at people you know like online yeah. or in person about it like it's not difficult <laughs> yeah like, you don't shout at people about like other things so like why would you do it about Star Wars yeah, and I think just to, to sort of a final point is like, I think Star Wars just brings a lot of people just genuine happiness. You know, whether it's characters who inspire them to, you know, be better people or, um, you know, whether it's experiences that they share with friends, family because of Star Wars. Like Star Wars just brings so many people so much happiness. It's It's just unfair to try and rob people of that happiness and whilst I think that the fandom will continue to probably get a bad reputation for years and years to come, I think 
even though do Star Wars fans hate Star Wars more? No, does no one hate Star Wars more than Star Wars fans is kind of probably true. Yes. <laughs> I also think that um, no one's sort of more passionate, positive and loving about the, the franchise that they care about more, more than Star Wars fans as well. And there's no franchise, in my opinion, that brings more happiness to people around the world than, uh, than Star Wars does. So hopefully uh, that's a nice positive note to, uh, to end on there. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Star Wars is, is such a pinnacle in, in, in people's lives to bring them just, just happiness and joy. You know, people can sit and watch a film or read a comic about Star Wars and that, that's like their escape for like two hours, you know, like and a half an hour reading a comic or something. So completely agree. Well, yeah, it is technically a true statement. No one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Completely agree with what you're saying. No one is more passionate and loving and, you know, caring about Star Wars than Star Wars fans, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's maybe it's the Trekkies. Maybe the Trekkies hate Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. <laughs> the, a good point, actually. Yeah, the Trekkies have just been minding their own business and they've just caught a caught a stray right now. <laughs> yeah, they, they're the ones that's been indicated this. They, they, people actually hating on Star Wars. I've never seen the films. It's just secret Star Trek fans. Under, undercover Trekkies, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, not throwing any shade at Trekkies. They're also very passionate fans and whilst I'm not a Star Trek person, I respect all of them. So I don't want to think that they're, they're catching strays. Not that they would be listening to this podcast anyway, because they don't care. <laughs> um, so yeah, is there anything else you want to add, John? Or is that, is that us all chatted out about that? Quite I interesting. Think, I think so. I think we'll just be repeating ourselves otherwise. Yeah. I think that was quite a fun, a fun unscripted discussion there. I quite enjoyed that. Hmm. Same. Definitely something that I think we haven't exhausted the the points on so it might be a discussion to bring back up if we were to have a guest on in the future who might have a slightly different point of view than us so um maybe one day we might might come back to this or definitely come back to some of the points that we were discussing you know maybe around the sequels the prequels and sort of the fans relationship to those particular trilogies and a variety of other stuff so um yeah no i really enjoyed that that was good fun yeah, same actually. Nice to just have, a, have an interesting discussion about things. Yeah. So hopefully, if you've been listening, you've enjoyed our discussion as well. Um, I'm saying it right now, John. Next week, we're doing our Thrawn episode. Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah. I think it's been like two months since we announced it. So. I'll get my reading glasses on. <laughs> get, get your glasses on. It's happening. I think I'm like 200 pages in, so I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. We're saying it right yeah. now, so we can't let the fans down. I'm doing nothing tomorrow. I reckon I could get a good chunk in there tomorrow. Yeah, a little bit of hungover fraud reading. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he hopes and prays. We shall see. We shall see. Um, and then, obviously, we've got Book of Boba Fett coming up in the future. So... Again, plenty to look forward to. If you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to follow it, subscribe to it, like it on whatever platform you use. Um, follow us on social media. We've got at Life in Vader's Castle on Instagram, at Vader's Castle Pod on Twitter. Um, subscribe to our YouTube, Life in Vader's Castle, um, Twitch, Life in Vader's Castle, TikTok, Life in Vader's Castle. We're all over the place. Um, Instagram's the best place to follow us, though, because post quite a lot on there. I do quite a few sort of book, comic reviews and stuff on there um, because it's fun. And there's a great little community over on Instagram who talks about the books and the comics a lot. So it's been quite fun engaging with those people, if any of those people are listening right now. Um, And yeah, that's everything from me.
John, do you want to close us away? Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.